Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. You're confident when it comes to your work and life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same confidence when it comes to refinancing your existing mortgage or buying a home. It lets you understand all the details so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Go to rocketmortgage.com fool. It's Thursday, June 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, once again, for Motley Fool One to wrap up Strategy Week. Strategy Week. It's Bill Mann. Thanks for being here. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, so the other day we talked small caps, but um, we got we got to talk international investing. Love um, it. And sorry, I said I love it. <laughs> love it. I'm I'm always happy to talk international because I feel like it, it. Small caps. It doesn't. It's not really that hard to get people interested in. But small. International companies, I feel like you have to evangelize a little bit because people say, "Well, the U.S. is the biggest market in the world. Why would I? Why would I go overseas?" Well, and I think that part of, I think part of the concern about uh, or trepidation about international investing is, well, you guys at the Motley Fool, you say you stick to what you know, and and I live here in America, and yeah. I, you know, and 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 that that all makes perfect sense. And on top of that, as we've talked about before, emerging markets have had a pretty rough run over the last few years. Yeah, last year was great. Twenty sixteen was great, but uh, 2015, 14, 13, 12, 11. Uh, <laughs> keep going. Back. I only, I only say this as someone who managed emerging markets money for a while, so it's not like it hurts or anything. They were, they were hard, and there were some legitimate reasons for that. But it, it, in a lot of cases, it just has to do with the global pool of money. Really, these markets are these these markets are relatively small. So when they are out of favor, they they really get hammered. I mean, they really do. So let's start with this. For someone just starting out, for someone who they've got maybe they've got an index fund, they've got a portfolio of U.S. companies that they feel good about, and they're looking at international. Is an ETF a good way to start? Some of them are. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I I would say. Uh, yeah, there are certain ETFs that are good. What you have to understand about ETFs. Is that they will necessarily hold whatever the largest companies in that country are. They just that's that's just what they do. So, in most countries, then you're going to own a lot of banks. You're going to own, you know, in a lot of cases, mining companies, oil companies. So, if those are segments that you aren't that excited about, you just have to know that that's that's what you're buying. So. In terms of regions right now, um, what's an area? Where do you find your eyes gravitating? Where, where, where are you looking? Or is it a long list? No. Well, so uh, Brazil's at the top of the list. Brazil's at the top of the list simply because it's you know right now it's it's on fire. You know they um, once again there's a massive corruption scandal and. You know, it, this really started. Maybe it's a continue the continuation rule, the one that started in 2015, and and uh, you know it took down one government. And it looks like it really may take down another government. And those all sound like bad things. But here's the thing: I was going to say, is there a good part? You're <laughs> That's right, too. That's right. So, bye, Brazil. Uh, these things have been. I, I I view the fact that 
that these things are actually taking down very powerful people as a very positive change in Brazil. So corruption has been a reality in Brazil since, you know, since 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 the country was formed 150, 160 years ago. But for most of that time, the you know, the the most powerful families were really above the law. So the fact that the law is now you know, that they are now accountable to the law is a very, very positive change. Now, this still doesn't sound like a great marketing ploy for why I should buy Brazil, but the market, because of all this, because of the headlines, is very, very cheap. So you've got a situation where things are actually improving. I mean, actually improving, and nobody believes it. And that's a, you know, that, that's, that's a recipe for bargain. So the Brazilian market is essentially being oversold. On... Very much so. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Well, and I, I'm wondering, uh, and that's why I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, I'm wondering <laughs> if at least part of what happens in situations like this is mechanical in nature, and by that I mean you have institutional investors who are managing large sums of money, uh, sure. and yeah. they're like, "Well, I need exposure in X number of companies." And they're looking around, and they're seeing the fire in Brazil, and saying, "No, I'm just I'm out completely on Brazil." It even happens more mechanically than that, because what you're describing is a choice. So a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of institutional investors will have mandates that are based on things that are mechanical. Like for example, they will say, "We can only invest in countries that have a credit rating above X." So I mean, X is not actually a credit rating. Let's call it triple A. So yeah. or no, well, let's call it single A. Okay. We can only you know. So if the sovereign debt is rated single A or above, we can buy. But if it goes below that, we have to sell. We have to. We have to be out of every equity in the country. So yes, opportunities come from bad news like that happening because it doesn't affect all of the companies equally. So if once again, I don't think this is great marketing. Like, yeah, hey, buy Brazil; they're on fire. And uh, <laughs> well, no, I was, I, but it's true; it's really true. I was just going to say, if if Brazil being on fire gets you interested as an investor, what's an international region that you're avoiding like the plague? Is it is it Canada? Because Canada. Everything yeah. seems to be fine well, up there. Yeah, yeah. Canada is probably Canada, Australia. I, you know, I almost hate answering questions like this because, you know, because there are there are opportunities wherever you go. Like, you know, like when you buy an ETF, maybe you're buying Canada, but there are 3000 companies in Canada. And, you know, there are a lot of them that, you know, that, that, that are cheap. But I would say the opportunity set tends to be smaller in, you know, in, in markets that have had a really, really good run. The other thing I would say, though, is that the single best performing instrument, like, you know, over the last, you know, 18 months has really been the U.S. dollar. I mean, the U.S. dollar against every other currency, I want to say, save Denmark, but, you know, it, you know, is up over that period of time. So there really almost isn't an international market that on a dollar basis is more expensive than it was. So we'll move to stocks in a second, but before that, I'm I'm wondering if you can shed some light on research because obviously we look at the numbers of a business, we look at the management, that sort of thing. In terms of additional steps, if investors are looking to sort of check extra boxes when they're saying, "Okay, here's this company in this country outside the United States," 
What else should they be looking at? Is is there <laughs> regulatory stuff? Is there well, you know yeah. government stability? So when you read when you read a 10K in the U.S., I happen to find the sentence you know this you know the, you, when you go to the auditor auditor statement say, and they say we you know we we audited this based on the general accounting practices of the United States of America, that's pretty good. When you read something that says we've gener we we you know, this has been audited based on the general accounting practices of Nigeria. That doesn't quite feel so good. Like that doesn't feel like you've you're you've hit different standards. I don't think you're hitting the same standard. It doesn't feel like the same standard. But so, a lot of times, particularly the companies that that are that are trading here in the U.S., instead of a 10K, they do something called a 20F. And a lot of times, those companies will also offer under either U.S. accounting standards or international accounting standards and you'll see you know it'll be right in the accounting statement i would look for that first right and i'm not you know i'm not really slagging nigeria i don't really trust japanese accounting either it doesn't it's not you know it, it it's just a matter of you know the standards of you know of of various countries but when you have ones that you know that that are that are done under international accounting standards you know that there are you know that that there are some standards being set i think that that's a really really important thing and yeah well, as you said, you know, it's not it's not picking on any one particular company or country. And you just reminded me of a conversation we had years ago about Elon Musk, and and you made the point in that conversation about you know here's this really smart guy, um, why does he come to America to start his business? It's because this is the country with the best access to capital, yeah. the most stringent requirements in terms of you know, a public company and, and everything that goes with it. Yeah, so it's true. Um, uh, before we continue, uh, i got to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or ref- refinancing your existing home loan. And frankly, you want as much confidence as you want in those situations because, unless you're fl- unless you're one of those people on the home network where you're flipping, you're <laughs> flipping houses. This is not something you're doing a lot of. So a lot of people don't have a ton of confidence going into buying a home or anything related to a mortgage. But with Rocket Mortgage, you can apply simply and understand fully so that you can mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. What's a U.S. company that is secretly an international stock? Oh, so yeah. So, probably McDonald's and Coca-Cola both have more revenues from overseas than they do in the United States. I think that the one that has the highest percentage of overseas revenues uh, to U.S. companies, Aflac. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Aflac gets far more of its revenues from Japan than it does from the United States. Do they use that duck in all the international marketing as well? Unclear. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that uh, that 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 the duck would translate to a lot of different markets. You never but, know. Uh, you never do know. That's true. That's true. But yeah, Aflac is. I I, I want to say, Aflac is closing in on ninety percent international and ten percent domestic revenues. So, in, I mean, you mentioned Coca Cola and McDonald's, two of the quintessential all American brands. Yeah. So the idea that. That you're getting so much more exposure outside the U.S. with those two companies is um, 
uh, you know, pro- probably turn some heads for n- novice investors anyway. In terms of the S and P five hundred, I mean, if you just if you just look at an S and P five hundred index fund, is that enough? Exposure outside re- the U.S. Yeah, it's really hard to say because there are companies like Apple who say that a huge amount of their revenues are overseas, but it tends to be for tax purposes. You know, like any time that they can sell something that's, uh, you know, that's you know, like iCloud. I think most of those revenues are you know based on a you know a, a Netherlands company. Um, but yeah, uh, depending on how you cut it, if you just have an S&P 500 index fund you're about 15 to 20% international which is which is pretty good all right last question and we're going to get you back in the studio after this is over to get to the business aspect of this the investing angle but uh your next family trip yeah not to disclose too much but planning a little trip to south africa yeah that's um, right uh, I know you. You can't shut off your brain when you when you go on a family vacation. You you're still thinking about investing. What 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 are one or two things we should know about the South African market? It's one of the fastest growing middle classes in the world. You know, and 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 you think of you you think of South Africa as being a very developed African country, but it it, it really Apartheid was, you know, was was such that it was really, truly two, if not three, countries, maybe even more. Um, but the, you know, there is there there is a very, very rapidly growing middle class. Um, it's an export-driven market. Um, I'm really, really interested to see. There are a couple of uh, you know, there are a couple of, of retailers that are in South Africa that. 15 years ago, weren't allowed to be elsewhere in Africa or growing like wildfire. A company called Shoprite uh, is, you know, is elsewhere, you know, throughout the throughout the continent. So very interested in, uh, in 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 seeing those. And you know, SAB Miller is down there, and SAB stands for South African Brewers. So I'm really interested in sampling some of their <laughs> some of their local wares. I don't well, think I knew that about <laughs> SAB Miller. SAB is South African Brewery Brewers. So yeah, I'm gonna. See what those guys have to say. Little on the ground research. Yeah, boots yeah. on the ground. Trust but verify. We like that. Bill, man, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Chris. Have a great trip. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. That wraps up Strategy Week. We'll see you on Monday.